outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. We are the champions. Hell yeah. We did it. So the last time, Keegan... Uh, we podcasted. It was on Through the Keyhole on our Patreon page, which you can you can find at patreon.com slash through the keyhole for extra OU podcasts, extra OU content at your leisure. Uh, we were uh, we were pretty mad. Uh, that's Keegan Renault. I'm Brady Trantham. Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. We're at, I'm right under the Vanessa House Beer Company sign. We're back. Yeah, we back. Haven't been here in about two weeks, but uh, it's the long-awaited return. Uh, Matt Burton, your pr- favorite producer's favorite producer, is sitting here looking down on us sinners. So it's it's a great vibe, as he would say. It's great energy. But uh, yeah, Keegan, the last time we talked, we were uh, upset because some controversy during game one. And you know what? Patty Gasso was like, "Fuck these motherfuckers! <laughs> Let's kick their ass in two games." And that's exactly what OU softball did, and it was delicious. And the the coolest thing is. The old school, like, I've been a Florida State fan since the 60s, 70s, or whatever. He's seen a lot of championship games between Florida State and Oklahoma, and he has not seen Florida State beat Oklahoma once. And um, this football erection ain't going to go away on its own, is what I'm saying. So it was beautiful. Congratulations to Patty Gasso, fifth national title, uh, school history, OU softball, we the champs. And is it a harbinger of things to come? In the fall, nothing obstructed them from getting to a national championship. There was no trophy. obstruction. There was no obstruction of justice. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. No. 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 Nothing was stolen. Did OU have a player like clearly safe at first today, and she was called Th- out? That was yesterday. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. I mean, what is this bullshit? Yeah. That, that's the other thing too. And I think I think the softball team and, and Oklahoma softball itself deserves its own like recognition because they do. They're so dominant, and I think it's that's the thing with like what people don't know, and it's the one. It's just you don't follow it on a yearly basis as well. That's everybody, right? It doesn't follow on a yearly basis or day-to-day basis. You're as not much watching as you it do. on ESPN Plus because people don't know what that is, Keegan. For sure, and but you can watch your first-round playoff series on ESPN Plus, probably between uh, Indiana and Iowa State. We'll get into that in a sec. But what's so crazy is that I believe they started, and Matt Burton's here, franchise's own Matt Burton can correct me if I say this wrong. He's got some fresh I believe ass seven right or eight of their starting nine in the lineup is back next year. And I believe Nicole May, who was a freshman this year, they have the number one recruit in the country who's a pitcher coming in. They also have six of the top 21 recruits coming in next year. See, and the funny thing is, and, and it's true if you're talking about like a full-on season standpoint, OU, this OU softball team did not have an ace like like they did in 20 what was it 2017 when they won their last Mm, national yeah with Paige parker yeah they did not have a true ace but god damn world series mvp uh g juarez i mean that was people were like it it needs to go to donahue and i was kind of like yeah like she made like the big plays but it was as soon as soon as patty put g into the game uh, like Florida State had no answer. Yeah, she started the bounce back she had. I don't know. Again, a lot of people follow, and I again, I didn't follow it super closely They're until the last month right and a half. Oh, you won a national championship. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But what I'm saying is like G was so inconsistent, and if you talk to people that followed it closely, like in the beginning and middle of the year, like she had some real issues. 
the way she bounced back in the woman in the women's college world series was unbelievable. No, th- that was the interesting thing. Like in, in game one, it really looked like wow, like Oklahoma has their luck run out, has their, like, dependence on just being able to hit dingers just kind of run out, like, which which can happen once you get to this level. And, I mean, we talked about it on Through the Keyhole, uh, Keegan. They saw their ace for the last two or three innings, and so OU had a little bit of scouting on their pitcher. And if you followed OU softball team all year, like, they're, of course, great at fielding. They're, of course, great at hitting. But one of their biggest attributes is just their scouting department. And getting that look – tiny mm-hmm. look at their ace at Florida State's ace you could tell like Oklahoma was prepared for game two they were they kept making adjustments as the game went along because game two was kind of a, a dog fight but as soon as the dam broke like that was it like Oklahoma had everything figured out Florida State couldn't figure out Oklahoma in terms of their pitching so it was it was beautiful to watch like I could imagine like like true baseball fans as you know I'm not <laughs> I, I, I am a baseball fan in terms of I, I love playing the sport. Mm-hmm. And when I really sit down and watch it, like playoff settings, like even MLB, like I can really get into it, but the chess match of it all. But uh, like you saw it on full display, just Oklahoma's sheer dominance of the, their stranglehold on the sport, and it was beautiful to watch. And they, and they got out, they outclassed them, right? And, you know, this goes into the where, how do I say this? Gets into the home field advantage conversation right Brady that's been just rampant for Oklahoma softball and then you know the World Series being located at Hall of Fame Stadium that Oklahoma City poured a ton of money into to expand it so it can hold the record crowd that did this weekend oh also the Women's College World Series outperformed NHL last night now NHL was on NBC Sports Network and moving forward the NHL will be on ESPN and Matt and Matt is a hawk. I believe would know this. No, he doesn't. Okay, anyway, he, he does. Matt, I, Matt I, hates their name on, and NHL hockey. I count on usually for Chisholm to correct me whenever I have something wrong. But if not, it's always Matt whenever we're talking. But I, I look at this and the sheer dominance, like you said, and two, like you know, if you listen to the interview we did with Chris Plank, you know, I think the, that's the biggest thing he said was that like that's on through the keyhole, by the way. If you the people at the top of the sport were clearly like kind of demeaning Oklahoma because of the schedule that they've played and the conference that they're in and like this and that, I mean they went out this week and proved uh, the fact that they won is crazy. The fact that they did have four losses again crazy, but they avenged all four losses and beat the dog in dominant fashion. Yeah, in besides, like, I mean the last we, two we, were we, different, but. The Keegan, we, game we were doing a through the, through the keyhole podcast like immediately after OU lost to Georgia in the middle of the year, in that first first round of a doubleheader. So they played in the afternoon to Georgia and they lost seven to six. And that was the game where that uh, unfortunate thing happened with Georgia, with that Georgia player who didn't touch home. <laughs> yeah. And OU lost in extra innings. And then about thirty minutes later, they played game two and OU run ruled the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's. OU fans, like, I think we even kind of talked about it. Like, oh, this is kind of where OU's wheelhouse is when their back's against the wall where they've been tested and, like, okay, their their manhood, like, so to speak, has been uh, – their womanhood has been tested. And when their back's against the wall, like, it's not where you want Oklahoma to be. You want them to kind of be, like, just happy and drunk and fat on their success and you catch them napping. But, unfortunately, it was a three-game series. Florida State got the first game – would have been interesting if OU had won the first game, Florida State won game two. Like, I wonder what would have happened for game three with that energy. But um, 
shout out Florida State's coach, OU alum. So of course, like, except except after today, I don't know if you've heard, she was complaining in the press conference about that home field advantage thing. I mean, I. Like it was a home game. Has Nebraska ever been good in college baseball? They are right now. I mean, they got beat by Arkansas, but yeah, no, same thing. I mean, if Nebraska, they've got a good coach up there right now. If they figure some things out in the Big Ten, I mean, yeah, it'll be the same thing. But here's <laughs> the thing: we've had that conversation before <laughs> <laughs> about about something else, oh, well, different sport. Well, but I think again, the big thing here is is that like softball's catching on, but when you go up to the World Series and what. People don't know whenever they talk about that aspect of it. Like, Arkansas f- baseball fans, Brady, they'll travel and stay for 10 days. They'll, like, Women's College World Series gaining traction. There's going to be more fan bases now that they see of how big an advantage and how fun it is. Again, I just about brought this up. 2.2 million viewers last night on ESPN. It was incredible. 2 million on mon- on Tuesday. I'm sure today's will be down because of everything with it, but... Yeah, I mean, again, I think the biggest thing is that the softball team deserves its time. Like, that's the – you look at they have the stadium. I know they OU Athletics timely put out the, hey, we're trying to build this stadium thing after they won the t- today. There was 12,000 people at last night's game, Brady, right? 12,000, like 183 or something. Yeah. I'm sure eight to 10,000 of those people were Oklahoma fans. Yeah. They should – there is not a reason why they do not have a stadium down there that's big enough to suit six. No, I, I, think I don't know how much Marita Hines. I hold. think it's fair to say that softball is is it the fastest growing sport in America right now? I mean, just by looking at the TV viewers and the fact that OU was on the first ever nationally televised game on ABC a few weeks ago in the co- women's college World Series. So I mean, extrapolate that out like a year or two or three. Like, what are we talking about then? So. Like you're talking about potentially OU fans like crowding softball games even on a Tuesday night because mm-hmm. Patty Gass is still there and she's recruiting at the level that she's recruiting at. Like, there's no reason why that can't be like a oh, hot if they can the get town. a midweek game in, like they they went on the road to Athens this year to Georgia. If they can get some hot names in in the middle of the year, yeah, for a midweek game, oh hell yeah, get Alabama to come in and and see that's even the interesting thing. Like o- OU fans who are just rather casual, like I. I'm a casual softball fan. I watched them whenever they were on TV. Mm -hmm. I was watching them. But I don't know. Like, I I didn't know how good Florida State was. I didn't know what their season was like. I didn't know how good Georgia was, James Madison. I didn't know anything about them. I'm not that in-depth I don't know if Oklahoma knew who James Addison was. Exactly. But the interesting thing is, oh, you can just schedule football helmet schools, bring them to Norman, like a Georgia. Let's say Georgia's an awful softball school, but it's Georgia. OU fans would probably show up because, like, hey, Georgia's here. They're, yeah. they're probably oh, good, yeah. right? So you can you can kind of, like, smoke and mirrors this thing to, like, help out attendance. And, like, OU softball is – it's right where it needs to be, and it's becoming, like, the hot ticket in town. Like, it's ne- – just like if OU basketball won a national title in 88 against Kansas, um, it was never going to overtake OU football. But it is great that Oklahoma as an institution – has a lot of other stuff to entertain its fans and to, I mean, for the players themselves, like, they win championships here. And, look, I know OSU fans get dogged a lot whenever they bring up, we have more national championships than you do total. Well, they get dogged for that because it comes up in football conversations. And also, would you trade one of those goddamn wrestling things for one legitimate national championship in the modern era? And the answer is, fuck yeah. And because of that, I guess it kind of makes the whole, like, oh, you winning a softball title, gymnastics, 
uh, being a basketball power, hopefully in the next few years, makes that all kind of a little bit silly, but it, it is important. It's important to a fan like me. So uh, today was a good day to be a Sooner, and uh, shout out to Patty Gasso. Yeah, I, and this is along those same lines, Brady, before we get into Mackenzie the... Donahue, if you listen, uh, you're awesome. And uh, yeah, Jade, I mean, they're, awesome. they're, they're, all, they're all awesome. You know, like, that's the other thing, too. You know, you can get in, we can, you know, get into the numbers and talk about this is one of the greatest teams of all time. And it, they, I mean, they are. They're probably on the Mount Rushmore of, like, great softball teams when you talk to people that follow the sport. But, Brady, I'm going to ask you an even bigger question here because I know you see it. Matt sees it. Everybody that follows national media sees this. Or Matt's a golf fan, according to his hat. <laughs> according <laughs> to draft analysts, you know, if you follow, you know, NFL draft people, you follow MLB people, you follow this, you follow that. Has Oklahoma softball like put themselves in that like Lakers fan, Yankees fan, Alabama football fan? Like Duke basketball I fan, truly Oklahoma so. softball fan. I truly think so because this was such an important championship for them to win because there were so many fucking eyeballs on the sport, more so than it's ever been. And like, if you're like, if OU had lost this series, it's like, well, they're still one of the premier powerhouses in softball. But to the casual, like, oh, it's three o'clock, I have nothing to do. Hey, this this game's on. Well, let's check this out. This is kind of exciting. Um, everyone seems to be having fun. It's a full full stadium. Let's check this out. They would not know that OU's won four national championships since 2000. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was an important title for OU to win just because of the eyeballs. And, again, it just it goes to show you just how you, you hope, like as we segue into the, the football conversation, you, you hope that that's where Oklahoma's heading, into, uh, heading towards with football to where they are not only just winning playoff games, not only where they're just winning big games, winning championships, but they're they're winning championships at the point where you it's undeniable because you can say anything. You can people shit on LSU's 2019. It's like okay, you had the greatest team ever, but before and after is like, is it worth it? And any fan base would say yes, it's worth it. Um, but at the same time, there's always that argument of like, well, there's sustained success that, that that's kind of important too. That's what Oklahoma is looking for, as well as trying to win in 2021 the national championship this year. Uh, but I mean, if anything else you had on softball, Keegan, because we can segue into a little bit more context into what we talked about on through the keyhole, uh, considering the news that came out with the 12-team playoff being. It's damn near a reality. It's no longer conjecture. It's no longer just like this is what they're talking about and the kind of spitballing. No, it's it's going to happen. Like Kirk Herbstreit was talking about it on ESPN. When I was at the gym earlier today, so uh, he was at his house on his phone on a Zoom call <laughs> with ESPN. I'm glad it, you brought this it, up. It, it looked very uncomfortable, but I couldn't hear anything he said. But I can imagine like Kirk Herbstreit's like. This ain't my college football. But like he's getting to that point where he's starting to become a curmudgeon. <laughs> so I think I think the last thing I'll say about his softball again, just the accomplishment that they've made, and you know what they represent in terms of giving a major football fan base something to be proud of in the off season. I think that the f- you when you accomplish that, you've already won, and now that they've won and they're winning and they're going, I mean, against almost this entire team comes back. Right, I mean, one of the best recruiting classes in the country. They're not going anywhere, man. Like they're winning. They won it this year, and like jokingly, someone said this to me earlier. Like, 
they'll be the greatest team of all time again next year. I mean, that's where they should be. I mean, if they're not, then something's happened. But um, it was apropos, Brady, right, that the commissioner of the Big 12 today at 4 o'clock Central, Central time was answering questions Bob Bowlesby. in a press conference while one of his institutions was winning one of the biggest championships in college sports. It was very apropos that that happened today. Yeah. That's where my fr- – if you want to get into that first about it, well, that's my biggest frustration about what happened today than anything. Here's the funny thing. Like, all the goodwill Bob Boldsby randomly got last season because the Big 12 was one of the more, like, premier leadership yeah. conferences in terms of getting the sport to be played last year. And it was surprising. Like, I remember, like, filling in for an entire week on the morning show on the franchise, and Jerry Ramsey and I were just like, I can't believe that Bob Boldsby is, like, swinging his dick all over the place with this. Like – I would have assumed that the Big 12 would have been like, we'll do whatever everybody else wants. But Bob Bowles, he was like, no, 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 no. We are going to do X, Y, and Z, and it's going to fucking work. Because mm-hmm. this is who we talk to. I know the Big 10 talked to some very scared individual doctor guy or woman. Very, I can't remember. He was very and scared. Yeah, very, very frightened. Look, if there's a spider in the fucking shower, don't call me to, like, <laughs> kill the sun, bitch. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I will cry like a little girl. But um, in terms of medical science... Even to me, as a non-expert, I was when the Big Ten brought that report out last year, I was like, really? Anyway, the Big 12, Bob Bowlesby, like, credit to him. Last year, he was very forefront with the SEC of, like, no, this can work, and it's going to work, and here's why. Well, all that go- goodwill is gone from just one statement of him basically saying, like, hey, this isn't about you fans. What, we're car- what we worry about is I want to continue playing golf. I, wa- I want to continue playing 18 in my badass car. Um, at insert expensive country club here. I want to continue my vacations to Tuscany because that's what's important. Because you, I don't give a shit. Go, can, I don't you, can you go through a whole pod without Tuscany? A joke. A joke. No, because it, it, it's Jeff. It's, okay, Tide. Jeff. Okay, Tide's been very active on social media lately. I don't know if you I, know. I don't know who Jeff. Okay, Tide is. And we need to figure out whose burner that is. Rolled. It's Mike Stoops, right? I, well, that's what oh. you said. It's Mike. I call him Mike. <laughs> Or is, is it Mike Stoops' lovely uh, wife? She's, I mean, it could be. She's been in my DMs. Yeah, I'm 30. I Thanks for the I, listen, Mike. I, we, we are Jeff, whoever you are. Yeah, I'm 30. She's 35. Oh, I don't want to guess a, a, a lady's age, but I think she's fairly close to my age. Yeah, yeah probably. So if, if that is indeed her burner account, then um, uh, who knows? Don't don't be mean to someone that's your own age. You know, anyways, for, for for like you know, with all due respect, of course, of course, to the topic at hand, Mister Trantham, we sat here Tuesday. Sorry, we sat here probably around a month ago, same place, and talked about how frustrating it was that this all came up all about right. Well, we had a comment from Notre Dame's athletic director today that he was happy that there wasn't a leak of the job that they've been doing for the last two years, Brady. That job that they were doing, which was talking about expanding the playoff, which became which came head today. Well, we have discussed that there are now 12 teams going to be playing for a national championship in the year 2023. I had to make that long and suspenseful for multiple reasons, but it deserved to be longer and suspenseful because it is... That's the biggest thing, and I've said this to you before. 
if they had been transparent throughout this process and told us reasons why and gave us more knowledge, I wouldn't be as up in arms about it. But as we sit here, and now we have the format. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, Brady, just out of, out of the blue this week, right? We now have an official format of six. So this is how it's going to lay out. Let's just let's get to it. This is how it's going to lay they're out. They're so excited. They were like, fuck it. Let's just not wait. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, let alone while the other na- another national cha- another national championship was won um, today by a very important sport that they're one of the most growing sports in, sp- in all the sports. Anyways, regardless of that, you have six conference championship winners. Doesn't matter where from. Six conference championship winners. Sorry, six highest rated conference championship winners. So, but that basically is allowing when I believe Pittsburgh won the ACC and they went seven and five. Something like that. It's <laughs> not allowing a situation. Or they played in the ACC wa- championship game. Was Sorry, a, was that a Wanstat team or is that a Todd Graham team? I don't know. I think it was actually pretty recently when they made. That was Todd Graham because I remember Cal made the Pac-12 championship game at six and six, right? Or five and six. The Pac-12 or five, champi- seven? Has there been one great like Pac-12 title game that you've tuned in for for like a Friday night? Because they always play Friday, don't they? Yeah. I don't I know if I've not watched one. I've not watched one play of a Pac-12 title game. Now the Oregon Utah game a couple years ago in nineteen, right? I think it was Oregon and Utah. That was a good football game. Now Utah was exposed because they just don't have the athletes on offense. But anyways, so six conference championship winners, top rated. Sorry. So if example, if a, there's an upset in the ACC at an eight and fourteen wins, and there's two. You know, a team from the Sun Belt and a team from the American that are undefeated and they're ranked highly. They both get in over the upset, which, by the way, um, talking about demeaning conference championship games, whenever a team that wins that conference championship game doesn't get into the... I can't wait to get to that. Doesn't get into it. um, That's going to be a thing. Anyways, and then, Brady, there's going to be six at-large bids. Six. Six of them. And I'll... uh, I guess I'll just give you the floor there. That's laid out everything. I mean, this is... It's as close to being set in stone with 12. Now, how they get to those 12, where those games are played, who has a bye. Now, the first four are, room, are obviously right now projected to get the, to get a bye and not get home field advantage, which is what 5 through 12 are, get, are getting. All of that's going to be ironed out. That's not official yet, but it seems like 12 and in the way we're going to get there, Brady, are the same, and I'll leave the floor to you there and work off of you. Thank you, Matt Burton. You are just a beautiful human. At I am Matt Burton on Twitter. You heard him on a po- uh, Inside OU podcast, not last Monday, not the previous Monday, but the Monday before that. So the Monday before Memorial Day. But one second before we get into the college football playoff for these messages. Today's episode is brought to you by Christie's Toy Box, an Oklahoma City tradition since 1979. With over 15 store locations spread all over Oklahoma and even in North Texas and Missouri, Christie's Toy Box has you covered like a Jimmy hat for all your toy desires of the adult nature. It's 2021. Come on in sometime. Their website has been revamped to match the sleek and sexy style one would assume from Christie's Toy Box. It's easy to use and lends itself well to any mobile device, so you don't have to get in trouble at work and use your computer. The shopping experience is amazing and the only thing that will bite are these nipple clamps. Type in promo code OUPOD for 25% off everything in your shopping cart. Once again, that's capital O, capital U, capital P, O, D. 
for 25% off whatever you want to spice up your love life or your private reflection period. It's also a fun place to take your mind off things if your favorite team has one inexplicable loss a season. Gee, I wonder who that could mean. One more time, enter promo code OUPOD for 25% off online purchases. Christie's Toy Box, where the fun begins. Yeah, so about that before we get into like what i'm actually kind of worried about like what you just said keegan the entire the first four teams get a buy everybody else gets to like the higher seeds get to play a game on campus now this would be in five through eight this would be in late december early january so for the schools that it really applies to for the most part that's not the best thing to hear because Come on in, kids. Like, Norman, Oklahoma, OU, Indiana. It's going to be 27 fucking degrees. Come on in. Like, that, that'll be an interesting uh, hill to climb, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but I don't even know how this kind of riles up the, the usual schools who would probably have the first round by. Because it's like, yeah, you get an extra week off, but guess what? It's probably, probably the same amount of time that you would get off in the – usual time where you have the month off between your S like your conference title game and your playoff game, bowl game, whatever it may be. It's not like they're getting extra time off. And even still like having a month off is more than just like addressing fatigue and injury. Like, yes, it can help that, but you're also getting out of rhythm. How many times have we seen OU in the past where they're a juggernaut in the regular season, they take a month off and they look like they haven't, they don't know how to play football anymore. And it's it's not an insult. Like, of course, if you take a month off and you are a rhythm team, you're going to take like a quarter or two to get back to where you were prior. So that's a that's one thing. But I don't know how this gets like your Alabamas, your Clemsons, Ohio States, Oklahomas. Like, yeah, we want that first round by because look, their institutions, the guys that make the decisions for those schools are going to be like, no, we want a on campus site game too for the money. And the, the the spotlight being on our campus. So, so I heard Josie was at the softball game today. Do you yeah. think he was the one sending those texts? I would hope so. To Ross Dellinger? I, I, I jokingly said that, but I think that I had see, to be I true. Josie just does, he, he gives no fucks anymore. No, he's just, he's talking to whoever he wants and saying whatever he wants. So it's a weird. <laughs> Nebraska calls him and he was like, what do you have to uh, say? Uh, or I, w- I, I may leak this. I don't know. Yeah, no. Joe was like, Nebraska. You sure you want to do this? You sure? Hey, who I forgot who first reported that. It was a random it, guy. Brett McMurphy. No, no, someone before Brett actually had said something, and then Brett had posted it. It was a guy from the Nebraska was side. Was it Joe's son? <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, but, no, Ross Dellinger made a, sent a tweet out today, Brady, that basically said there was a, at least one prominent Power 5 AD had texted back and said, it makes no sense why we would not have home field advantage or home games for one through four. It doesn't. I mean, that, that that literally doesn't make any sense. The only thing, I guess the only thing that makes sense about it is that it helps ESPN, right? Of course. That's that's the important thing is the mouse gets fa- get paid. Pretty funny. I saw a video on that today. So, Mike, on the uh, all-time, one of my all-time favorite shows, I don't watch it. You know, if it's on whenever something gets done, I'll watch it. But um, pardon the interruption – with Michael Wilbon and uh, God, what's his another name? What's the uh, what's the Tony uh, Kornheiser? Tony yeah, Kornheiser. Yeah, this is the first time I watched PTI in years because they were on right after the softball game. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So there was a video that came from that that I saw where Michael Wilbon was like, I don't know, you know, like who else would be, you know, against this or for this, and like 
Kornheiser pulled his glasses down and says, well, you know who's not going to be against it? Our network. It's like, they're not turning down that money. And Michael Wilbon literally was so uncomfortable saying that, that, like, it makes me wonder, like, how entrenched those guys are in, like, a, I don't know, I hate to say it like this, a propaganda scheme, right? Like, how could you not, when you see those kinds of reactions whenever, you know, one, Tony Kornheiser's going to be getting a call from his manager and being like, what the fuck did you just say? I know. He's been he's been in trouble before. He said some sexist things on a Monday Night Football broadcast. But, um, wh- Has he really? Yeah. That's why he was. I mean, that's one of the many things. He's still with ESPN? Why. Yeah. Um, there, there's like a Kornheiser cult. And admittedly, like I can imagine if I was born 10 years earlier, I probably would have read a lot of Kornheiser stuff because I have gone back and – I've read a lot of articles, like mainly about the NBA, and I found like, oh, this is written by Tony Kornheiser. The guy used to be a, I mean, he still is a very talented writer, and I like the way that he would talk about the NBA. So I'm sure if I was born ten years earlier, I'd be kind of in that Kornheiser cult. But there are a lot of people that are like, yeah, he said that shit on purpose just to get off of Monday Night Football. But that's that's his, those were his acolytes. So I don't know how true that is. But yeah, like he said that is like, yeah, the network is all that cares about it. They yeah, yeah. In. I'm like. I mean, he's he's not well. You're not wrong, but you don't gotta <laughs> say it. You know, it, it was one of those examples. So, um, I mean, like, we don't need to like waste any time on that because that's kind of already a given, Keegan. Like, we all know that this is just a money thing, because just like we talked about on through the keyhole, like the the answer has always been fucking eight teams. It yeah, was it was eight teams before there was ever a playoff. It was eight teams in 2014 or 2012 or 13, whenever they announced it's gonna be four, because we were like four. There's five Power Five conferences. That makes no sense. Okay, but at least it's a step in the right direction. So then we move on and we slowly see, like, yeah, uh, there needs to be five, but probably like you can't do five for a playoff. So do eight, so you can get your five in. And you have a few at larges, and that's fair because there are always at least one, maybe two teams a year that either didn't get into their conference championship game because they lost the team that won it. They probably deserve to get in just by virtue of, well, they're in the wrong division. But you can stack them up against any best team in the country, and it's anybody's game. There are about one or two examples like that every single year. Mm-hmm. But now we're adding six motherfucking teams. And I'm sorry, this makes the conference championships for about two or three random, but pretty much the same conf- Power 5 conferences a year, irrelevant. And we've been making the conference championship irrelevant year after year after year since 2014. And now it's kind of hard to say this to OU fans because there are OU fans that are very appreciative of winning the Big 12, and I'm, I'm certainly one of them. But I'm also in the camp of that's not what we should always be like bragging about because this yeah. is Oklahoma. We're here to win national championships. But in order to win the national championship, you need to win your conference. That was always Barry Switzer's thing. Like first, Our first goal is to win the Big 8 win the Orange Bowl, win the National Championship. You need those three fucking things to do what you need to do. But now we're, we're getting into a situation where it really won't matter. If you're in the SEC, if you're in the Big Ten, maybe, and then either the ACC or the Big 12 or if the Pac-12 ever gets their shit together, if you are one loss or undefeated, why care about the conference title game? Because lose me with a first-round bye because I've already, dis- I've already kind of explained, like, you already have a month off. Mm-hmm. You have enough time to... Rejuvenate, so lose me with that. Lose me with home field advantage because that's for the lower seeded teams. Why does any? Why would anybody care? 
if they're one loss or undefeated, and it's fairly certain that, yeah, you would get in with an at-large bid, even if you got beat 35-7 to like OU did against Kansas State in 03, why should they care? Just like we talked about through the keyhole, hey, Lincoln, just don't get Spencer Rattler hurt. Don't let him have a broken hand like Jason White did. Don't let him have a hurt elbow like Josh Heupel did in the Orange Bowl. Throw Caleb Williams out there. Get him some experience in a big-time game. Get him ready for next year. Because this doesn't fucking matter. So there's a there's a, there's levels to this though, right? Because we talked as we talked about on Tuesday, and there's an even deeper discussion to this. There's two things to that that mean a lot, right? Like, if you're Oklahoma, don't get me wrong. Like, you want that top four ranking to give yourself the best position to win a national championship. I I completely get it, right? Now, is there going to be some jockeying in college football, Brady, like there is in the NBA that we've seen recently, like? <laughs> <clears throat> The Los Angeles Clippers, yes, there's going to be, which then opens up the door. So take 2021, for example, Brady. There were four games of Oklahoma's that were drafted for broadcast rights before the season. Iowa State, Texas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma State. That Oklahoma State game is at the end of the year, on the very last game of the season. So these TV partners are even opening themselves to the problem of you know, this contract for Oklahoma and the Big 12 is going to be the same through 2025. So the first year that this has happened, if Oklahoma State's the last week of the season, Brady, there's literally the only incentive for Oklahoma is two things. One, help maybe your players get closer to some player awards, right? Heisman trophies, Blitnikoffs, yeah. you know, Outland trophies. That all gets lost in this. And then as well, the only other incentive is maybe you end up if you have a loss already and you you know and you go 11 and 1 and you're you feel like you're going going to be the 4 seed and maybe it's not a best matchup to get matched up with a 5 maybe you feel better about your chances against number 2 or number 3 from Oklahoma's perspective in that bedlam game before the Big 12 championship what's the point of going like you said in 2023 at that point Caleb Williams what's the point of putting him in there and him maybe getting hurt. Yeah, in a rivalry game where the uh, lower-tiered team probably cares about it more. Yes. Now, Spencer Rattler cares. Like, these players care. They don't want to go onto the field and put a loss out there. I'm not trying to sit here and say that players don't care when they play the game. Well, then what happens if the second team beats Oklahoma State? Well, fuck them. That's (laughs) what Like Caleb Williams is... How does that look? Caleb Williams is better than anything OSU would trot out there, so that, that would just be... It would be Malachi Nelson, and even then, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, even then. Allegedly, he's committed. Malachi. Allegedly, in the month. It would. Yeah, well, you know, we'll get the, like, hey, sh- save the content for later. Oh, you're right. We've got a lot of content to push. <laughs> um, no, it, it's, this just opens the door for more, and look. And I will say this, the Cover 3 pod, I let you know, you know me, I don't spend a lot of time and give it a lot of extra time to, like, sit down and listen and, like, to other podcasts. Mostly. I mean, I was on Joe Rogan, and I talked all about our shit on 3 Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. And I was like, um, he's like, bro, have you ever done DMT? And I was like, no, let me tell you about the 12-team <laughs> playoff and why it fucking sucks. <laughs> I, uh, it's, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's perfect. It's Boone from Vanessa House, and he's he's okay. cutting us saying, off. Wanna, yeah. He was, no, he's wanting to open the garage. Boone, Boone, what's your, uh, what's your favorite beer? My favorite beer. Okay, give me the mic here. I'm mic. used to this. I'm a, I'm a vocalist, so I'm I'm right at home here. Uh, my favorite beer that Vanessa House does, of course, is the uh, Vegas Wedding Cerveza. That can I cuss on your show? Yeah. That shit is dope. <laughs> oh, I heard you talk about DMT. I guess I can cuss probably, right? 
<laughs> I mean, I say fuck all the time, so you can say yeah, whatever he you does. want. But yeah, Vegas wedding is what I'm drinking, so. It, it, I love you, Boone. Boone's awesome. Um, but, okay, so my, my computer is dying and just free. We need to get into this. Well, okay, maybe it's not now. Um, but um, anyways, on the topic of what we were discussing, Brady, I'm at a point where you look at what, like, a lot of the quotes we saw today, right, was this is in the best interest of college football. Is it? Is it? I love when people tell me how I should fucking feel. And if you've ever followed me for a long time, I have been, I am hypocritical because I'm a human being. But one thing I have never done is tell you as a fan, like mainly, if, like if we're talking about the Thunder, I have never told Thunder fans how they should fucking feel. I, I hate that when media members do it. I hate that when anybody says, this is how you should feel, or you should feel ashamed if you feel this way. I, I hate when that happens. If fans love this, sh- cool. But, like, lose me with the whole argument about how if you don't like this, you're saying no to more college football. N- no! I'm all for the sport growing. It needs to grow. It, it can't be a fucking dinosaur because then you're going to have baseball on your hands. I'm sorry, Keegan. You don't want that to happen. We've got cheating but, scandals already, so. I mean, let them juice and I'd watch the goddamn sport. Okay, just let him. We juice. don't need to get into baseball. But Seventy-five yeah. home runs. That's what the I'm whole. Like. Now we're we're dealing with sticky substances right now. Jocelyn, Allo is that her name? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why people like her and know her name because she, <laughs> she gets fucking. I'm not saying she juices, but the she wrestled the saw that amount today. of home runs. Yes. Increases viewership, but baseball's like, no, no, we're not gonna let that happen because the babe did it on hot dogs and beer. Listen, in the that's what that actually that's what they're fighting right now. You know, if we're not, I'm not gonna get in the weeds here. I'm gonna trade it his back. But that's that's what they're fighting right now is that the pitchers are having this sticky stuff that is allowing them to not give up as many home runs. Anyways, back to the topic. So we talked about this. We've talked about that so far with this 12 team playoff. Our feelings on it. Um, we'll get into the Tom Fornelli thread earlier. I showed Brady, but that was beautiful. I want I want to get into this first, and this is my biggest problem with this. And as you know, has been my biggest problem with this up front. It's not about expanding. I don't have. A, I'm not anti-expand. I'm curious of what got us from four to twelve, and why, and the real reasoning behind it. Instead of this, it's best for the sport. Um, Bob Bowlesby was quoted today on strain of fans if three straight rounds are at neutral sites. I would suggest there's a pretty good alternative right in front in your living room if you don't want to travel. Bob Bowlesby literally just said, yeah, we don't give a single f- about you in that, which is fine. I mean, I'm, I'm again, if, if I live in a world of transparency and honesty, and I appreciate that yeah, better than... Yeah, I can see you right through your shirt, too. Can you? You're wearing the, you're wearing the, uh, the sequins... Yeah. Nice my nip, nice nipples. My nip showing? Yeah, nice nipples. Anyways, I uh I'm I, I'm I'm sitting here and I and I appreciate that honesty from him. But here's the honesty they're not telling you. All we heard today, Brady, was that this is better for the sport, this is what needed to happen, this and that, right? So I took and and Brady, I think we're under the same impression here. So twenty fourteen, fifteen, college football playoff and college football at the time was a little the parity was a little more than usual a lot of there's a lot of volatility in the sport 
Oklahoma was trying to figure itself out. Texas is trying to figure itself out. Um, SEC, you know, even, you know, the middle class was still volatile in figuring itself out. So I took 2016 to 2019, excluding 2020 because of COVID. Um, and there's a bunch of things that probably could have happened last year that probably wouldn't happen in a normal year. So I took 2016 through 2019. 23 different teams made it of 48 spots. How do you feel about that? 23 or 48. Is that a good number? No. No yeah, should it good. be should it be more than that? Should it be less than that? I don't I don't want to I don't want to say because then I'll just get blasted. You're going to get canceled? <laughs> of course. I'll leave you with this though. There are 13 teams. Sorry. Yes, 13 teams that in a 12 team format that would have made it. Of the multiple times, sorry. Multiple 13 teams multiple times would have schools would have made the college football playoff in a 12 team format, right? Yep. 12 of those 13 are among the top 30 in revenue in college football. Even better. Are you saying the rich get richer? Are, are, and even better. This is where it gets better. That real. has never happened in human history. And this is where it gets better. Of the top 13 revenue schools. Got a Georgia fan rolling up. We got some, we got some anger up in here. Nine of those 13, Brady, are among – or nine of the top 13 revenue schools in college sports were among – nine of those 12 schools that would have made it multiple times. Well. <laughs> what does that tell you about what we're doing? I, like, We're not helping anybody out here except for those who drive ratings, who are the winners. And so if you're out there saying this helps out the group of five or this helps out like the secondary schools in the Power Five Conference, like your, your Oklahoma States, your Iowa States, Again, you're just devaluing the playoff invite by letting teams like that in. Come on in, Coast Carolina. You know who's going to tune in? Fucking no one, except for the fan base that's about to kick their ass. So all this is just you're delaying the inevitable just to make more money, and that's what it's all about. And, yes, there will be an example of a team who navigates the the playoff schedule and wins the national championship, but it's not going to be Coast Carolina. It's not going to be Oklahoma State. It's not going to be Oregon State. It's not going to be, oh, Ole Miss. It's not going to be a team like that. It's always going to be like Alabama has an early season loss. Oklahoma has an early season loss. They don't get the first round by, and then they navigate the fucking schedule and win. It's like, oh, Cinderella. It's like, no, it's it's one of the 12 highest revenue institutions in the country. So it's like the same shit happens. You're just putting lipstick on a pig here. Nothing is different. Nothing is different here except for you are watering down the conference championship games. You are watering down the playoff invite. You're making it less impactful for programs that have been able to make it thus far. Um, And then you're also avoiding the fact that, just like I said, the number eight has always been the number. It was the number before the playoff. It was the number when the playoff was implemented. It's been the number since then. Eight is the number, not 12, because then you get into a situation where you're going to have three teams from one Power Five conference make it, and it's like, why are we? Why do we care about these regular season games anymore? Do you want to watch players? Like, people already get pissed off players, like, sitting out of bowl games. And I can, I can understand why. But... Congratulations, you're going to have players sitting out of regular season games because why does any of this shit matter? You're right. No, I mean, I mean, you're exactly right. And exactly what we laid out and what we've laid out so far is true. I mean, again, if we're at a point where, and you've heard me say this in for almost two years now, actually, Brady, 
just reform the sport. We've got a Knight Commission's report that has already laid all of this out. Exactly what to do in two years. It's exactly what they've laid out. And we're going to go ahead and expand the and playoffs. And they did it in the morning, which was the confusing part. They did it. That that was a very early morning report released from the Knight Commission yeah, <laughs> that rough. nobody was able to read. None of them were knighted either. No, n- none of them were. Um, hey, it's a patron, Matt Kimber. Say the, say the comment you said on the Patreon page earlier Monday. Because fuck Mike Stoops. You damn right. Yeah, exactly. He's not even wearing. He's not even wearing shoes. Our patrons don't wear shoes, Keegan. Miss Mrs. Stoops, if you heard that, if you heard that, not don't please don't come to my DMs. That's at Brady not, Does Sports. I I didn't say it. No, you didn't. I didn't say anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're looking at this Brady, and it's it's one of those weird times in the sport where they're literally telling you to your face. That all we care about are the schools that bring us money, and the TV partners too are saying we only care about the schools that bring us money. Into your G five, your uh, your here's your handout. You well, got, hey, you gotta hit the G, you gotta hit the G spot. You, know? you do, That's you do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and but the G five gets one spot guaranteed a year. That's it. And you're looking at a situation where, like. Two at-larges a year are going to go to maybe go to a team that's not in that top revenue tier in college football. Like, that's what we're saying. That's what we're doing. And they're sitting sitting there telling you this in the name of what's best for the sport and access, right? That's another big word they were using today, access. Okay, cool. Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. Clemson's not a top – you know, ten revenue school, but the four that I just mentioned are okay. We're not gonna. We're, we're it's not gonna just gonna be those guys. We're gonna let in, but the other five to six schools that are with them in revenue, we're gonna let them in too. What does that mean? They're gonna be able to hoard recruits the way they more that they are. Every school that plays these teams are going to get the benefit of the doubt on recruiting because you could be the difference, Brady Trantham. You could be the difference. Why? If you come to Wisconsin, why we could beat Ohio State? You can't go do that at Iowa. You can't go. Do, speaking of Iowa, I I've learned, and I know I said this and I tweeted this earlier, and it looked really random. But I was doing all this research. Iowa football is much more valuable than I ever thought. I should no, not have said they, that. They they are they're a helmet school. I did not realize that. Yeah, and they have a long history. The problem with them is why do they keep paying Kurt Ferentz for eight and four? Because they get eight and four for three years, and they get a ten and one or eleven. And because one. the schedule, exactly. Um, but to your what to all this though, Brady, I'm at a I'm at a point where like I've accepted it. It's going to happen. I'm interested to see how things are ironed out, right? Scheduling wise, home field, this and that. I, I texted you before we got here today, and I said let's kind of let's list out our pros, our real pros and cons, because there are pros, like. We've acknowledged uh, some of the pros, and, and I don't know if you want to get off the top with this, but you laid out the most perfect one. Do we want to hold on to that? or No, no. Uh, 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 fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, like, I think the one big positive to all of this is you're talking about adding teams to a playoff, which, of course, helps recruiting for that institution. So let's imagine any random year, so the year that UCF – Quote, won the national championship, unquote. Only program outside the top 30 in revenue to make it twice. Yeah. Uh, by the way. Uh, Scott, under Scott Frost, 
they make the playoff. That, of course, is a boost in recruiting. Now, Scott Frost probably leaves for Nebraska in any scenario because that's his alma mater, that's his Graceland. And those are there are always like unique situations like that. But if you're talking about like a, like a coach like Matt Campbell at a school like Iowa State where historically there's nothing much to talk about, there's not, there's not that much of a path to consistently winning. But if you can build something where you can have like, okay, like we push Oklahoma to the brink, so we just need you to help us push, push us over the top in the conference. And you can consistently get into the playoff with one of these at-large bids because like Texas is down, Oklahoma State is relatively down. This could potentially help keep big-time coaches at smaller institutions where when they become big-time coaches – the first conversation is, where are they going to end up? Because Iowa State can't hold on to them. Because UCF can't hold on to them. Because Cincinnati can't hold on to them. So maybe this could be one pro where it's not such a like a consistent, like, let's hurry up and get Tom Herman to Texas. Let's hurry up and get Scott Frost to Nebraska. Let's hurry up and get Matt Campbell to some Big Ten, Notre Dame, Blue Blood school in the Midwest. Because that's where he's going to end up. And maybe you can ha- you can build up institutions like Iowa State, like a like an Arizona State uh, with Herman. You can you can you can build up these secondary programs, and this could help out the whole problem with there's a lack of parity, which people seem to appreciate because they get tired of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma in the playoff every single year. I can understand that, but they're the ones driving everything because they have the players, they have the coaches, they have the eyeballs. So they're always going to be in the conversation no matter what the scenario is, as history has shown. But there's nothing wrong with trying to build up, like, Matt Campbell, you can have success at Iowa State because you've shown it, and there's nothing wrong with staying there. Because you, don't, you don't need to just go to Notre Dame so you can fail because Notre Dame has disadvantages. Or there's no reason why you should abandon, like, what you have at Iowa State for Michigan and then fail because then people will be like, oh, you're a you weren't as good as we thought you were. No, you're a great coach. You had something at Iowa State, and you willingly left it because of the because of the how the landscape is. Mm-hmm. Maybe this can potentially change that for the better. I'm with you there too. Along the lines, doesn't it trim the list of like, you know, take a Scott Frost for example, UCF. This is the perfect one. He doesn't probably leave to Nebraska if this was implemented, you know, five years ago. He just probably doesn't. To me, it trims down the list of schools that coaches will leave from. Like Fickle, if I was Luke, if I was Fickle right now at Cincinnati, I'm sitting here salivating because he's, I'm going to have. Yeah, he's waiting for Ohio State, right? But like that's a fool's errand because Ryan Day, unless he is proven to be an absolute fraud, which would still take two or three years. Yeah, like that that job's not going to be open for that amount of time at the very least. Unless, or he's amazing and he goes to the NFL. And he can dominate and get to a playoff every year. I mean, again, th- this is also opening you up. You just need five or six players, and one of them needs to be a talented quarterback that, that the big guys just don't get, but you get like an athlete at quarterback and you develop him, which Fickle can. Scott Frost could have at UCF. They showed that. Matt Campbell can develop talent. You just need a fringe talent, and it puts you over the top. You win nine, ten games, get into your conference championship, and then you just kind of play your cards from there and get into the playoff as an at-large. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it, it sets up perfect for those kinds of schools. Like, But even then, I mean, don't get me wrong, like it does set up for them. Are those schools very few and far between? And like this example, too, 
you know, this is kind of a, a pro to it, but also a con in the, in the same essence, Brady. But, like, take TCU, for example, right? I mean, TCU's screwed in four years. Conference realignment's coming up. They're a private school. They've got a big alumni base, but probably not big enough that's going to carry a ton of weight. They don't, the, you know, Oklahoma and the Big 12 already have the DFW market um, locked down. Like, TCU, this put ramps up what TCU needs to become. Because if TCU doesn't figure it out with Patterson next two years and they head into 2023-2024, Brady, before conference realignment in 25-26, and they haven't made a playoff, like, that is going – like, TCU heading to the American underachieving in the Big 12 is a lot different than TCU heading to the American as the class of the league, right? So, this is uh, – it, it's creating new timelines for some of these schools in the lower power fives, like, you know, Kansas State and Chris Kleiman. Uh, not Iowa State, I think, again, as I've learned a lot in the last couple of weeks, that Des Moines market is a lot more rich than what I thought it was. So maybe Iowa State could be a little more safe, you know, if Matt Campbell continues to develop and do what they do. But I think a pro to this is that, like, these, you know, Arizona, right? Get your shit together. If you don't get your shit together and make a 12-team playoff in the next four years, like, what are you going to be at? And what, what, what leg do you have to stand on in conference realignment? You don't. I mean, you don't have one. So that, that that's another good pro. I think I think the other pro for me, Brady, the may, not not as big as the coaches one. I think you pointed out Tuesday, and I, I've given you complete credit. That is that's about as positive as it can be for the G fives and the smaller schools, because I think ultimately it trims down the list of top schools that these guys would leave for. Because yeah. it just doesn't it does, it wouldn't make any sense to. The other pro to this is the wealth distribution. Now, as we've laid out. Is it likely going to be spread amongst the top 12 instead of the top five? Probably. Um, more than likely. But at the end of the day, the G5s, there's going to be a little more money put into those leagues. The, 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 I, the, the American and the Sun Belt and, and all of that, they're going to get a little more money juiced into the league because of this. And ultimately, that could result in, you know, these guys, at least in the arms race of college football and everything that takes place off the field, they could catch up just a little bit. That would be my other big pro here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's just that the rich continue to get richer no matter what the situation is. And everybody else is still grab-assing. And you could get lucky or you could get, you can remain unlucky. And I think that this potentially opens the door for an Iowa State uh, to potentially keep a Matt Campbell. Now, I still think that, I mean, is Notre Dame going to win 10 games this year? Is the, do you want to get into Notre Dame <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> before so, we get into the cons? Yeah, so Notre Dame just got told, like, join a fucking Power 5 conference, you, you hacks. The four-person committee on this, you got people to remember, though, you, which you, is weird. You frauds. Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner. No one watches black and white TVs no mo. Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner. The AD from Notre Dame, and I believe the commissioner of the Met Mountain West Conference signed off on this. You cannot tell me Greg Sankey wasn't sitting in there when they were getting their financial recommendations and this and that, Brady. You cannot sit here and tell me that Greg Sankey didn't look at that Notre Dame AD and was like, hey, pal, join the AAC or the ACC. Join it. Because if you don't, 
I mean, I think it was laid out perfectly today. Like, didn't today's decision, if the ACC doesn't join a league, Brady, didn't today's decision basically eliminate Notre Dame from ever winning another national championship? You're telling me Notre Dame's built to win three games against the top schools in the country? Uh, touchdown Jesus will intervene. Sure, maybe. May, but sure. He surely did with Mackenzie Donahue this last week. That's for damn sure. There was angels in the outfield out there for her. I don't know if there's going to be the same for that Notre was, Dame if they got to beat Georgia and, and Alabama in back-to-back weeks. Pure and utter talent from the five foot three phenom. I'll have Mustang, you know. Oklahoma. Hell fucking yeah. Hell yeah. Shouts. We love it. We love it. We love it. No, I, I mean, Notre Dame's getting their just desserts. I mean, this is something that should have happened years ago. This is something that should have happened years ago, but I – I don't feel bad for them because, you know, you, you look at this and, like, oh, you don't get a first-round buy. Look, I don't care about the first-round buy. It, it's it's a nice designation in terms of you're one of the four best teams in the country, so you get that. But you still have a – like, everybody has the same road, relatively speaking. Like, you have a bye week. All that means is you're not playing a shoe-in victory. Like, the, all all the – all the projections from, like, if this happened last year, Oklahoma plays Indiana, it's a shoe-in victory. I don't know the other projection games, but all you're waiting for if you're Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame is just for a, base, a basic playoff game where anything can happen. So the bye week does nothing for me because you already have a month off and you're just waiting for the best of two teams, likely the one you already know who you're going to play. So it does nothing for me. If it was like the NFL where you have the, the regular season end, and then the following week you have a, the wild card game, and then the second round, then that makes sense to me because you have a week off that you earned. You already have a fucking month off. So who cares? I feel like I'm the Colorado coach from uh, Boise State. Was it Dan Hawkins? Thank you, Matt. Yes. Dan Hawkins from Colorado. Yeah, it's saying Aaron Murals. Yeah, I feel like that that's what I'm talking about. It's like you already have a month off. So, ooh, you get maybe one week off or whatever. Who cares? Yeah, and that's still that's still being ironed out. As uh, they've said today, we won't have a You're going to give them like a month and a half off? That's too much for football. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think if I've seen I don't I know schedules are different for every university. But that week, like, usually conference championship week is the 8th, like that first week of December, and then Heisman week's the week after. And then the week after that, it's usually, like, the Saturday before Christmas. They could probably sneak a game in there. Um, and if they don't, I, I don't know if they necessarily can make this work, can make this work. And, you know, again, I we're sitting here, Brady – and I know we there's a there's a long list of cons you want to get into, and we I know uh, there's so much to talk about with this, and continue to talk about Notre Dame, and actually what could that could be a huge deal if Notre Dame goes to the ACC, that changes the landscape of the sport. I mean, does it entice Oklahoma to maybe try to push AC, ACC in May? I you know I don't I don't know the repercussions of that, but all I know is that I sit here and when I look at the pros and cons of this, and obviously pros is more money. You know, less opt-outs for bowl games, and maybe. Pro, pros is important, according to Shakespeare. It is. They yeah. are. And I think there's more, you know, more more access to the to, to the playoff, I guess. Um, there's TV dollars, more money to be made. 
there's more games, there's more people paying attention to the sport at the end of the year, which I guess has been a problem. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you look at this, and I, I look at the cons, and I just I can't get, I can't get over the fact that you look at this list, Brady, of left and right of the pros and cons. There's just so much more cons than pros, right? I mean, isn't there not? More pros than cons? More cons than pros. Con- of course. There, it, it can balance out to becoming good. Of co- I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that I hate this because I'm old school. Sure. I'm 30 fucking years old, so I'm still in the, the wheelhouse of, like, I'm all for change. I'm, I'm excited that the playoff is being expanded. I'm just upset that it's going to 12. Yeah. Like, eight has been the wheelhouse. And it's just frustrating to me that this playoff committee continues to, in the ma- in the micro, fuck up what it's supposed to be doing. In the and name of we're fixing the sport. Exactly. Too. And then in the macro, they're fucking it up. When we all know, like, this should be the ending of the movie. If you want to do this correctly, then do it X, Y, and Z wise. But they, they refuse because they're doing it in the name of the almighty dollar. So who am I to sit here and say? Because they don't give a fuck about my opinion. They don't care about whatever else. So Literally, they said that today. Yeah, Bob Bowlesby, shout out to you, you weird son bitch. <laughs> um, rich people I, are weird. So. I, I'm going to finish up Except my... Except for the rich people who listen to this podcast. Because yeah. if you're listening to a, a podcast with me on it, then you're you have some level of cool to it. <laughs> I want to finish up my points with this, and this is, hasn't been laid out any more perfectly. Tom Fornelli has a great thread. CBS writer, degenerate gambler, Tom Fornelli. Love him for that. Anyways, this is a, his tweet to end off his thread, but great thread to go back and read. Oh, and to be clear, I'm going to watch every damn game. I've said that. I'm going to watch every damn game. But I'm not going to sit here and accept the bullshit about how this is to increase interest or solve anything. It's far more likely just to just create new problems than solve any of the current ones. Brady, I haven't seen it put better than that, and I'm going to leave you with that if you have any other thoughts. Fuck him. Tom? Fuck Tom. Well, I mean, Bullsby. Oh, him too. Not Tom. Tom is a... uh, He's a a saint for that. He's often... He's often said things that I feel, except for uh, like two years ago, he's like, I don't want to see Oklahoma in the playoff again. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I'm like, and yeah. then they got steamrolled by LSU. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, look, the sentiment is correct in terms of a third-party perspective. Because, yeah, Oklahoma's going to get destroyed, but I need Oklahoma to get in because I need them to continue to say that we're in the playoff. We just need you, four-star, five-star defensive tackle, to put us over the top. And then they got Perry on Winfrey. And then the rest is going to be history because he's a badass motherfucker. Keegan, how are we going to end this one? I don't know, man. I there's a, I mean, I, I guess you look at it. You have, you know, workouts picking up this week. Um, Brian Osamoa, I've had some people reach out to me from different avenues. And I guess some of the numbers Benny Wiley's been posting about him on Instagram are like. We're, in, on, we're on 8th Street. We're not on an avenue, but we're on 8th Street near Broadway. Yeah, we are on Oklahoma Broadway City. and close to Broadway and 8th in Oklahoma City at Vanessa at House. Vanessa House. Beer One company. of my favorite places. It's so sexy, man. And uh, Oklahoma starts workouts this week. There's a lot on the recruiting trail. They offered a guy from Finland today. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, 
Going international for the yeah. size. 6'7", 315 offensive tackle. I thought that was interesting. Oakland's been at a number of camps. Um, Lindenwood, it, you know, since we last podcasted, Lindenwood's camp up in uh, Missouri. I believe that's where Lindenwood's at or Kansas, one of the two. And uh, they're down at SMU. And there's been a ton of offers that have come out from there. And it makes a lot of sense why, you know, get your first eyes on these guys. I think Oakland's been out in California as well. Again, I, I said this. It missed by me, and maybe I probably should. Um, I probably should have this, Brady, but I don't in terms of where all Oklahoma is going to be at in the next month. But recruiting's picking up. you got a big camp coming up in the third week of June as well as the barbecue coming up. Um, there's going to be a lot of content, a lot of things to talk about. I'm, uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited, though, and I retweeted somebody that said this, and Adam Lunt, one of my good um, Big 12 buddies and Oklahoma State guy, you know, said this. I don't know about you because you don't follow recruiting as closely as I do, but isn't it kind of a relief, right, seeing these kids on official visits and taking pictures and pads and getting in connected with these coaches in person? Like, I feel like that's just been a part of the game that was lost. And I don't know. Maybe it's the tox. I'm very toxic, and recruiting is very toxic. Maybe it's that thing where both things, you know, work out with each other, but – Something about kids being back on visits and taking pictures with coaches have just, I don't know, brought back a In sense shoulder of mo- pads and jerseys. Now, with Oklahoma, it's still weird. That's a big deal. Yeah, I know. It's a, a long time coming. And uh, I don't know. It feels like, I don't and, you know, Stan's obviously going to be full in the fall and seeing kids. On, I don't know. It's brought a sense of normalcy back that I've needed. And the craziness, and like I said, the toxic, toxicity. In the toxicity of our city. That I'm excited um, that it's, it's a, Yeah, man, the air guitar. Nothing. That's all I got. I think I laid out everything else. Who, that's who is be, that? Who is that, by the way? I don't know. You, you know this. Chop Suey. I don't, I don't listen to Chop Suey. BYOB. I don't know. Everybody's going to the party. Oh, I know that song. I know that song. I know the song. I know Who the sings song. it? I don't know. I know the song. See, this is one of our biggest flaws, and Brady's bringing this up on the pod as we sign off. Like, if we're getting into movies, I don't know, like, names of movies, but I remember what happened in, like, certain movies. And then songs, Brady, oh, I'm the worst. I couldn't tell you who the artist is. I can tell you I've listened to it. I can tell you exactly what happened on a play that happened in an Oklahoma game in 2018. Four words. Blank of a blank. Blank of a blank. System of a down. There you go. There we're using the brain. Check out the big brain on Keegan. It's pretty large. There we go. I do wear like a size like eight and three quarters hat though. You got a less miles thing going on. I have on. a small <laughs> head. <laughs> Very small head. Large brain, small head. There we go. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast. We truly appreciate it. Of course, you can always check out our Patreon page at Through the Keyhole for extra, more in-depth, more cussing, more emotional, more reactionary OU and college football takes. Again, at Through the Keyhole, Patreon.com. $4 a month gets you the podcast. $5 a month gets you the podcast plus everything else, the posts, and Keegan's film review uh, plus Keegan's live film review that he's starting to do on Zoom. You can always jump on the link, ask him questions that you may have about Spencer Rattler, about Kennedy Brooks, about whoever you may want to ask about. You can ask him. He'll put out the pay, the post and the link. 
for all of you to enjoy. If you miss it, you can just record it, put it out on the Patreon page. But again, 4 or $5 a month, that's all we're asking uh, for your help to keep this going, to improve the podcast, because that is, of course, the end goal, to make it more enjoyable for you. So, we want to go get drunk with you on road trips. Man, someone tur- – okay, th- those are the – I thought someone turned their brights on. <laughs> I was, okay, like, what are we doing? They want us to keep going. They're looking for Matt Burton. They are. He's a wanted man. He he gone. He gone. He is gone like Patty Gasso right now. She's probably at insert Norman Bar here going. Uh, you, Give me my drinks. She's she's drinking some fine wine tonight. Yes, because she a champion. Man. Build her that damn castle, Joe. I donate your money, people. Hey, look, I OU is a football school. When Buddy Heel took OU to the Final Four, Hollis Price took OU to the Final Four, I was excited. And if they had won the title, I would have been I, – I probably would have cried because I'm such a gigantic OU fan. Uh, it, I, it wouldn't have been the same if OU wins a football championship. I, I'll admit that because this is a football school. But, man, it is so great to see OU uh, winning a title. And that – I mean, you could say that for any – of the uh, sports that aren't the revenue generating, but softball is well on its way to being a revenue generating sport with the amount of eyeballs that have been on it. So congratulations, Patty Gasso. Congratulations. Oh, you big softball. time. Congrats. Yeah, that was incredible. The amount of adversity you had to uh, overcome in terms of losing to James Madison in the first game and playing with like win or go home for four games. And then you get, okay, now you have a best of three and then you lose game one. It's like win or go home. Incredible. People root for winners, Brady. Yep. They're winners. They've been winners, and they're going to continue to be. Good Lord, they're going to continue it to be. Was, it was delicious. Another routine sooner victory. But, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast. Thank you to Vanessa House. Thank you to Christy's Toy Box. Because, of course, give them business. Because, look, I know you want to, so don't worry about it. No one's going to know. But until next time, everybody, we will talk to you on Through the Keyhole and Inside OU on Monday for the next OU fan interview and then Thursday at the Nest House. Until then, y'all have a good one.